Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of Bright Time, which is my interview of my brother, Adam. And just like you'd expect when two brothers get together, just like I did with Eric, we talked a lot about growing up together in that one-bedroom apartment in the Bronx, um, school, Little League, video games, sports, all the kind of things that the three of us did together. Um, we also got into Adam's time at Oneonta, where he went to college. Uh, we got into some of Adam's friends growing up. We talked about um, his work at the Wine Enthusiast, where he um, sells wine cellars. Uh, there were some interesting stories about the people he met uh, and meets in that job. And we talked about how Adam met his wife, first as a toddler, and then how they got together again and ultimately got married. And we ended with a little discussion about his children, Lewis and Noah, the twin boys. So like all the other episodes, I hope you enjoy this one. And without further ado, I bring you Adam. What does a man with a lot of interesting friends and some time in his hands do? He starts a podcast. Welcome to Bry Time, a sit down with a different person from Brian's inner circle. So get ready. It's Bry Time. Hey, Adam, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. So I'm the 10th person. You're at number 10, yeah. That's right. That's a big deal. It is. I, I love it. <laughs> By the way, every podcast I come on, I tell the Chris, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's really not a big deal. It's far from a big deal, but 10 is good. I mean, it obviously means we're, we're going through this. Hey, that's Eli which, Manning's number. Eli Manning. We'll get to him, too, because we have a few Eli stories. But uh, all right, so by doing your podcast now, we'll round out the brothers, having had Eric on a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I'm glad we finally got you. You were very hard to schedule. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, but you you definitely were. Some but, late nights. Yeah. So so here's the the key on this podcast, I think, is to avoid covering a lot of the same stories that I covered with Eric, because obviously we grew up the same way in the Bronx in that same apartment. It's going to be tough. But, you know, obviously your perspective is different. So, you know, let's go right into it, you know. In, in general terms, what was it like growing up in that one-bedroom apartment in that one bedroom, all of us together. Um, you heard Eric's, but, you know, do you have any other takes on it? Uh, it was very cool, first off. Uh, you know, I, do, I don't think we really cared so much. We were young enough where we didn't really care about space. Um, always having, I guess, a brother there to have fun with. Um, we Just like uh, Eric said, uh, a lot of puff basketball, uh, some crazy, uh, I guess, wrestling. It was, uh, it was an arena. Yeah. It we was, had an arena. And then, you know, the arena typically went out to even the living room. That's uh, right. And then usually outside the apartment, too. Correct. We, we just, we ruled the building. There weren't a lot of kids there by the time we were growing up. No. A lot of moved away. Very few. But we just, we just treated it like one big stadium. A lot of fun. So yeah. now you haven't peed in a TV in, in years at this point. <laughs> no, but the truth is everyone who knows you now wouldn't think of you as someone who is, how's, here's another thing they wouldn't think of you. You, when we were playing sports growing up as a little kid and into like early teenage years, were a terrible soul loser oh, by your own the admission. Worst. The worst. You hated losing. I hated losing. And uh, but was, but I you had... would get angry and upset oh, and competitive. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I, can, I again, it seems like literally an alternate universe. I've mellowed. <laughs> <laughs> mellowed is not the word. And anyone who's listened to some of the other episodes where we you came up, I mean, you're the most mellow person I've ever met. <laughs> we talked about. I, I don't know if we talked on the podcast about when I took you up on my plane. Most um, people on my little four-seat plane would find it to be, you know, either scary yeah, I was, I was or, ri or, or riveting. <laughs> and you're sitting there just looking out, and I'm like, so, Adam, what do you think? 
It's like cool. It's cool. It's good. <laughs> I mean, it's like like we're like in the living room watching a Met game. So, you know, you've changed quite a bit. I don't think you changed overnight. I guess you went to college and you were different. Something changed. Do you? Was it a, a moment? No. They you, just maturity in general. You you matured. Oh, yeah, to a point. Mm. Now, speak speaking of growing up, there was one very significant moment in one of our prior podcasts that I have to bring up. It was the podcast of your brother Eric, and he made some very um, serious allegations during that podcast um, with regard to me, me and you. And uh, I think I need to run them by you and have you respond because I mean this is this is not. A joke. This is serious stuff. During Eric's podcast, um, he said, and I quote, I was beaten by you, meaning me, and often Adam, five or six times a week for years. Five or six times a week, he's claiming he was beaten and, in fact, tortured by us. Um, is there any truth to that? Is there any truth to the claim of the frequency? What's the, your response The frequency to that? is way off. <laughs> I mean, so there was torture and abuse, well, but the frequency you know, is you know, the most, when you hear about abuse from older brothers, and we, to be honest, we probably had it pretty easy. I mean, it's not like... Oh, now we're talking about me? Yeah. It's, me vis-a-vis you. Yeah. Oh, it's not you. like you beat the hell out of us. You Never. Know, you, had your, you had your scissors with your, your legs. That was your, your, you know, your, go-to, your move. go-to move. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric was right about the, the spit torture. Um, that basically did happen um, to me a, a few times. Um, he was actually pretty good at you know, getting it back up, but there were definitely many times where it did not. Did, did you ever feel that when I was spit torturing you, that and it didn't, and I didn't pull it up in time, that it was on purpose that I let it go? No, but you thought it was an accident, but you could just, argue that doesn't matter. Correct. It, it happened enough. It was, time. It, it was inevitable. <laughs> it was gross negligence <laughs> correct, on my part. Correct. Um, yeah, sometimes we, you know, Eric and I would team up on you. You would, you know, team up on both, trying to get both of us. Me having. Fights with Eric. Uh, but it was mostly in good fun. To be honest, pretty pretty normal for for brothers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I get that with my kids now. They're at each other's throats yeah. all the time, and so, we fought much less than they do. Exactly. They fight all the time, and yet none of them are claiming you're among your sons that one's torturing the other. Right? Yeah, maybe but, Noah <laughs> thinks that Louis tortures him a little bit. Of, <laughs> back in the day, I have a feeling that Noah, though, <laughs> as he grows older, will realize it wasn't torture. Whereas Eric. You know, forty years on, I love, believes he was tortured. I love the, like, two hours after the torture did happen, or the whatever <laughs> claim torture. Um, mom would you hear that? He come running, Crying. like like it happened like two seconds ago. Like you you beat the hell out of him. It was so, the best. Yes, exactly. He he was he was a phony. He yes. was a terrible terrible person. Yes. Eric, <laughs> Eric was just we're terrible just, we're just joking. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad. You know, listen. This is one of those stories that. We'll never have a, an answer. Everyone has a perspective on, but it's good to have multiple perspectives. And <laughs> in fact, that's what the part, podcast is really for. So, uh, you know, continuing on in our years in the Bronx, there's one story I have to bring up because it affected me. Um, and it was Little League. So we were all in Pelham Parkway Little League, as was Alfie, our prior guest. And you're two years younger than me. And we're in the whole league below my league. I was in the major Jew in the minors, uh, but you were excellent. You were an all star and you were a great player. And one day, hmm? this story, you were in the minors. Okay. I was in the cons. All right. So I'm I in was... the minors. What am I? Probably 14 and you were 12? No, you're much younger. You're 11, maybe 12. No, not even. I'm I'm eight. I'm eight. You're 10. Okay. So we're young. Yeah. But we're pretty good athletes at this point. And you come down to watch one of my games and the other team is missing a player. Correct. Um, so they see you and 
and I guess maybe you had a reputation of being decent enough, so they enlisted you to play on the other team. I had a uniform on, so they, oh, knew, you, they knew I was in the Little League. All right, so they, you had a uniform on, and they put you out in right field. Correct. Uh, where you would put someone where you hope the balls don't go, because right field probably gets the least. Well, I've probably been in the Little League a few years by now, two or three years, and I never hit a home run. I hit a lot of doubles. In this, little, in this league, a double was if you hit the ball and it passed the home run line, there was no fence. But a home run, obviously, was a ball that went out on a fly over that line. You were in right field. Um, I was up. There were cones, I think. There. They were cones, yeah, that demarked the, uh, every, the home every run so line. Often. And um, I hit the best shot any Tanevsky kid had ever hit at, up until that point. And it went flying out, and the umpire called it a homer. And I start running the bases, but the umpire clearly wasn't sure. So he goes running out. I mean, he's about to call it a home run, or he had called it a home yeah, run. I didn't know he called it a home well, run. Well, it was it was close enough. I think people assumed it was a home run. I certainly did as I slow trotted around the bases. <laughs> but he's running out, and he runs out into right field. And guess who's out in right field? <laughs> My very own brother. And what does that umpire do? He asked the right fielder of the other team, which is probably wrong to do in the first did place. Go over the but who happens to be my brother? Did it go over the cones on a fly? And what was your answer, Adam? I said at the time what I thought it was. No, Adam again, said no. It could have. It could have went over the cones. Yeah, it could. But, but look, <laughs> that's even worse. But uh, it was, a, your, it was a, your belief. That I, didn't, I didn't know it was Brian. You didn't know it was Emil. Had no How clue. many lefties were up? I have no idea. I'm playing the outfield. I don't know who's up. I can't see. You know who's up at bat. Are you thinking the, uh, the Mets? Who's playing right field for the Mets this tonight? Nemo or something? You, Do you think he knows who's up? Maybe. Okay. So if. <laughs> I all, all but, I'm saying. But anyone would have said the same thing because obviously you're I'm on, on the other team. I'm on the other team. It was a stupid question. It was, it, why is he out? And it was Aaron, I think, uh, one of the worst umpires ever. And oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking as years go by, I'm like, why is he even asking? I mean, yeah. what is anything other than me saying it's not a home run? <laughs> yeah, it's, is your, ridiculous. Your teammates will string you up. In any event, you say no. He calls it a double. You and have to you go t- back. You were on third at that point yes, already. Or, and they uh, sent you back. I was, I was really in slow, <laughs> slow trot. I had my home run, my one home run trot. So in any event, I go back to second. You essentially inadvertently stole the only Donevsky home run of our era. The only good news is there subsequently has been a home run by Donevsky in Little League, and that was Lewis. Yeah, Lewis correct. hit a bomb, a bomb Last to center year? field. Uh, yeah, uh, a little over a year ago, I think. Uh, it was uh, He crushed it. But but the funny thing is, like for people who don't really know us, just like the Mets for many years, for all their years, didn't have a no-hitter. And any Mets fan wanted that no-hitter. It was a big, it was like the, a unicorn. For us as kids, we were all athletes. We, you know, we, we, we all wanted to have a home run. Sure. And, and so it was a big deal that you basically stole my <laughs> one home run that I would ever hit. I Years later, years would go by. I never hit another one. And uh, I, I hate you for that. <laughs> I totally hate you. I would too. No. Yeah. So here's what, you know, somebody, when I mentioned to you some of the things we should talk, potentially talk about, I, I forgot, I skipped over this one, but this one's worth talking about. Um, you had a friend named David. We're not going to uh, give his last name. Yeah, oh, you he's, had a, he's on here too. But. Yeah. So, so you had a friend named David that you grew up with. He was in your class. You, you know, he'd come over the house. Good friend of mine when we were younger. For many absolutely. years as, as little kids, you know, elementary into little, middle school. Played maybe. Little League. Yeah. Good segue, yeah. Good played friend. And he'd, he'd be over the house. I remember him very well. Well... I'll just set it up for you and you can tell the story. But um, at some point, when you're probably 13 or 14, you know, becoming teenagers, teens. Um, you guys fell, you know, you fell apart a little. And uh, probably because he got in with the wrong crowd and Correct. with drinking and drugs and things that, you know, us goody two-shoes never even thought about, let alone Not did. at that age. <laughs> and at some point during the high school years, something happened with that kid. 
what happened? And you might want to start going back to junior the other high. kid. It was junior high. It was junior high. So you were talking about a 14 or 15-year-old kid. Yes. And there was another kid involved too, a kid named Jojo. So uh, why don't you tell the story from starting with Jojo. Yeah, Jojo was a bully uh, in the neighborhood. He actually almost got into a fight, well, with me. But I basically said, I'm not fighting you because he had like four or five guys. I had two guys. That's another good story, uh-huh. um, which will go but, in. And basically... Uh, but there were, there were bullies in our neighborhood that were well known. He was one of them. And, you know, you had to avoid them. Because they were bad, bad kids. Yep. And right. basically they told him they're going to go to the park. Well, to... wait, wait. So, so you're, you're going too fast. So, okay. so we're, there's this kid, Jojo. He's your age. He's, he's actually a, younger. He's a, a year or two younger. But, 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 but a really t- terrible kid. Yeah. Bully. For a long period of time, you're bullied. Um, but you don't really have any relationship with him. It's not like some kid in your class. And then I guess he knows David, who's your friend. Yes. And, he... what, and what does he tell David? Well, David, David, David well, I think it actually came something about an earring was was stolen or something. So, I don't know. And they basically told him we're going to go to the park. Him and another guy. Jo- David told Jojo, Jojo that him and another guy are going to the park. You want to come with us to rob old ladies or yeah. old men? These are these are yeah. bad kids. So your friend David had really turned to the dark side. Now Correct. he's a bad kid, and he's telling the, the neighborhood bully who must know him, "Let's go rob old ladies in the park." Which is yeah, <laughs> this is what he became. Right. And, uh, so they go to the park. And they wind up actually killing him. David, your friend yeah. David and the other kid yeah. murder Jojo. Yeah. And from what we understand, a pretty um, graphically bad way. Yeah. And actually, he got pretty, because he was the age that he was, I mean, he got lucky. I mean, you can definitely say it was premeditated. Of course it was. You know, I don't yeah. know how, what back then. No, but what, he, he murdered him. Yeah. I mean, he murdered him. And his, murdered him and the bully. Kid murdered, murdered the kid. Yeah. And uh, this is your good friend. A very good friend of mine when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Here, here's the here's um. There's nothing funny about the story except <laughs> that there's a, there's an end to it. I remember the next day or two in the news, this murder was reported, and um, I remember people they were quoting people who knew Jojo, the person who was killed, and I don't know, maybe it was relatives, so they could be forgiven, or other people who loved him and knew him, and said he was the most wonderful kid. Everyone loved him. And it was a really formative moment for me in the sense that I knew that newspapers could lie. That was the first time I said, no, this That's was not funny. a lovable. I mean, obviously a mother could love him, but everyone certainly didn't love this kid. And in fact, the whole neighborhood was terrified of this kid. He was that bad. Yeah. So. The paper actually said, and I remember it, and I remember the picture. I can see it now because I was getting on a bus to junior high to, when I found out about it. For all who knew him, loved him. Yes. That's what it said. Far from it. That's Far from great. it. So you had quite a crew of friends. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I want to move on from the Bronx a little, but, you know, you, you have memories of things I don't have. We had a bowling team. We had a bowling team in the Bronx? Yep. But every, by the way, everyone did, right? It was if great. You, if you're 14 or 12 or 16, you're going to have a bowling team in the Bronx. We had the uh, anytime with the strike, the, the hammer. We'd, oh, yeah. go, we'd run out the hammer. We had our own room. Yeah, it was we, great. We, we were five of us. It was in Park Chester. It's a great time. Not, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we... Twins, we the, uh, twins. We had these that, guys. That, that you could tell apart. Scott was one of them. Well, Scott Millman was with us. No, but there was a Scott as one of the two twins. I don't remember uh, their names. We, we have, I, I, Mike, I, I, I don't know. I take it you haven't seen them since bowling. Mm-hmm. So these are long-lost friends. Yeah. So what else you got from the Bronx? Uh, oh, wait, by the way, we used to play, and I think this came up briefly with either Alfie or, or uh, Eric... Across the street from our house, oh, we had our, this, this park where we called the tennis baseball field, and we played... Everything. Yeah, we played everything. Tackle but, football. Yep, but the game, the game we played most was, te- we called tennis baseball. It was basically 
pitching a tennis ball to a baseball bat, two on two, and you know, on a on a makeshift baseball field. And there's no real great stories to tell about tennis baseball, um, other than the fact that you know we're in the Bronx and on in, in out in public, and weird things always seem to happen, right? Absolutely. So what what happened? So uh, we're playing, and this guy comes. He's I think he's walking his dog, and we're just kids, and adults would cross and the also, field. Like he's starting to act a little weird, just like staring, etc. And then he starts getting closer and closer, and then he. Pulls out a, his, a glove, one of our gloves. But I he think pretends that, it's like a gun or something? Like, yeah, he just like, takes that, and I think Alfie ran like 20 feet or something. Just, I, just kidding, I, Alfie. If Alfie only ran 20 feet, that would be the <laughs> shortest distance Alfie would run from danger in the Bronx. Um, yeah, and then we had, we had a couple others. Guy pulls a knife, an old man in the middle of the he, – he says, where's 2160? And I'm like, it's down there. And then all of a sudden – He pulls a knife on us. He, he goes down, he comes back up, and he pulls a knife. And Eric is on roller skates. He – Roller skates to Pelly Deli, which is like six blocks away. <laughs> uh, Scott Millman, one of my neighbor, we, him and I go out across the street. And I think Brian and Jay might have been with us at that point. We're just like not take a few steps away from the guy. That's basically it. Yes, we were the brave ones. We only recoiled in horror and were prepared to run even more if we had to. Yeah, I mean, it was always kind of, you know, it was, it, I don't think we viewed it as it was, it was dangerous or anything. I don't think our neighborhood was dangerous. But odd things would happen because, you know, back then we would be out. Roughly, you know, fairly unsupervised, which was normal at the time. And there were weirdos out there, right? Yeah, a lot. A lot. And look, there's, and that's the one thing I always say, the world hasn't changed. It's just there's so much more information now uh-huh. that we know more about it. Oh, wait, you mean human human beings haven't changed? Exactly. Yes, yeah. you know, obviously we, They're all as out. we've gotten older, you know, we've done more well aware. enough to move into neighborhoods like we live in now and not the Bronx, which was a little rougher at the time. Um, we both went to the same junior high school. Didn't we? I don't know if we overlapped. We did overlap. Junior high school, 127. Did J-Lo go there? I think she did, right? Jennifer Lopez? Uh, possibly. She was from Castle Hill. It was called yeah. Castle Hill Junior High School. And there were... I, I don't know if I told this story in one of our prior podcasts, but it was a predominantly black school and Latin, Latin, Latin school. You told it to uh, Alfie. Yeah. And... Um, oh, he yeah, did, he didn't right. know about it. He didn't remember because <laughs> Alfie was Latino. But, you know, we if you were white, you were in the minority in that school. And it was rough. It was a rough school. And I told a, a brief story, I think, about, you know, kids getting beat up and kill Whitey Day. I'd like you to confirm. what How rough was that school? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty rough, but I knew a lot of the older kids, so it made it helpful. Um, but, um, yeah, there was definitely uh, a few incidences and in, you know, that specific day where a lot of people didn't go to school where uh, – our parents weren't that type of people that said you can stay home from well, school. Well, did we ever tell them even? Uh, probably not, to be honest. But uh, but when you're saying the day, uh, it's yeah, like, well, we called the we Kilwadi call day. day. I don't know if they named it that day. But, but, but it was a day designated by the kids at the school that they were going to abuse the white kids. Yeah. And that's, that's true, right? And yeah, it was every year. Yeah. Probably every semester, frankly. Might have been more days than most, but. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. <laughs> was, and by the way, they weren't not abusive on the non Kilwadi days. Correct. Like, that was, like, it was if, an official day, though. We, we I mean, called it. It was, it was typical. Am I right? It was typical yeah. to walk down the staircases in between classes. And you, what get would happen? Hit, you get smack in the neck, uh, pushed, uh, pushed, uh, you know, just that type of stuff. I mean, uh, but, but not so, fun. But we weren't, we didn't fear going to school. Nor, and, no, and I don't remember ever talking to mom or dad about it. Do you? No, probably not. Isn't that crazy? The less they knew, the better. If, but if, <laughs> if our kids, when they were twelve, you know, someone called them a mean word, no. they would have come home crying, it's and different, different we would have, we would have spoke to the principal the Dif- next day. Dif- different world. Yeah, it was different. Is the, the <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of calling it. 
exactly. We talked to Eric in his sleep in our bedroom, didn't we? Loved it. It was the best. What did we do? What right. would happen? He would start mumbling stuff. So we'd start, do you love mommy? And all that. Oh, it was great. <laughs> he and would, we, sometimes he, he'd answer. The, he would talk a little, yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. We, we could occasionally, we didn't happen often, but when he would talk in his sleep, we could talk to him in his sleep. <laughs> it was great. We would have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, so a few more things about the Bronx, and then we'll wrap the Bronx up. Um, as far as we did videos, some really, you know, we, we had the first camcorder. That's right. When we basically. were when we were about 12, 13, 12, 14. 12, 13, yeah. We, we, I think it was me. I, I saved, like, my first job when I was a camp counselor, and we bought a, one of these huge, it looks like, you know, almost like a production camera. It was like the first camcorder. Yeah, and you had the second thing that held, had the tape. It was it was heavy equipment. But we, we what did we do with it? We, we we did videos. We did a Michael Jack, several Michael Jackson videos. Very, <laughs> very fun stuff. We did a Village People one, <laughs> which was ridiculously funny. We still have them. Uptown Girl. And, and, and we would borrow my mom's, uh, she, my mom had a wig or a fur coat. <laughs> Uh, we did again yeah, Star Trek. Uh, you know, somehow I I become the girl there a few was, times. There was always um, a girl. There typically um, I was a girl. Hura, and then uh, and <laughs> yeah. then I was uh, I was um, Christy Brinkley, and I'm, and then I'm like at one point I, I refused, and I'm then done, Scott became the girl. I'm done being the girl. Yeah, I'm done being the girl. Yeah, they, they, again, it was another advantage of being the oldest for me. I didn't have to be. We, the girl. We, you know, the funny thing is, I would like to show them for people, but you know, we're little kids. When it's embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing, but, but funny was, too at the same funny. time. Um, so that was, that was great. And then what else with the video games again, I remember we were really good at that skiing game and you actually like tied or broke the record and you took a picture and sent it to the company. Yeah. They said but the pre- picture was awful because it's like a, the Polaroid and you're taking a picture of a, uh, of a, a TV. Of a TV, a, a TV. A it, was, TV. it was like green or whatever, yeah. but you can barely oh, make it out. We were into video games. Oh, it was, it was great. And Brian, I remember I liked video games, um, but you know, Brian and Eric were really, you know, Spent more time with it, and, and they we, were good. We were devoted. Yeah, and, and Brian found that trick First, with the dot um, in uh, oh, Adventure. Oh, Adventure. Yeah. yeah, the game, which is which was the secret to the Ready Player Ready One play movie one that just movie came out, and, Finding the Dot. And then I would watch Brian and Eric play um, Dragon Quest. I think it was Dark the Dragon's Daring. Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. And Pelly yeah, and that There was a local villain. Again, that, you know, and that... I always wanted to see how far they can get because I was never even going to come close. Yeah, yeah. And then, we, again, we did a lot of card flipping. Oh, God. We, we, were, we, were, we were champions. Were, I mean, we... We were into baseball cards like crazy. Yeah. I mean, so we would... And we would independently, we'd go to school and you know, you'd flip the cards. Like, describe... See if you could break it down because people don't know what... Except for our generation, what card flipping was. So, it was but it was it was a way of winning other people's cards. But how did, how was it? Done? Well, there's different ways of flipping. So. But the... Take the the one the, the one oh that was the best. So you have three cards, and you'd stand up and you'd um, put your hand out and and hold it, it in a certain way in your palm. Right? Hold it, yeah. Hold it for so the head. The it's like perpendicular or at a right angle to the floor. Okay. And you drop it and it would spin and spin and spin and then when it would land, it would either be on heads, heads or tails, or, the, or the back of the card. And the other person would have to try and match what those three cards that you did. Okay. And if they didn't get it, you would win. So wait, so let's say you had two heads and a tail. They have to get two heads and a tail with their three cards. And if they if they do at least that, they win all three? All three cards. And if they do less than that, they lose no, all No, they three. lose all, yeah. The so second it was all they, or nothing. All or nothing. But it was a real skill. It was a, a huge skill, and we were we were fantastic yes, at it. Yes, we cleaned up. I mean, it was ridiculous. And then you had the matching of the colors, and then you had also oh. the off-the-wall stuff. It was great. I mean, 
lot this, of fun. And this all took place at school, ironically School, enough. and then in our hall with certain friends of mine, what yes. we do, and, and outside. I mean, wherever we could basically yeah, go, it we, was great. We, we, we love cards. Yeah, it was, it was a we, lot of fun. We built quite, we amassed quite a collection after, over time. Yeah, too bad we were Met fans. <laughs> yeah, we were amassing the wrong cards. Yeah, and, and Dad had a ridiculous card collection when he was younger, he, he would tell us, but yeah. it, that got thrown out well, too bad. Well, of course, of course. Too bad. So, so, all right, so I go off to Binghamton, and two years later, you go off to college. And bef- but, but before that, yeah. you had mentioned something happened. Yeah, Brian comes home from college. I don't remember this at all, by the way. And um, he gets uh, maybe a six-pack and says, let's let's go to uh, Roosevelt um and drink a few beers. So I'm either a freshman or a sophomore because you haven't gone yet. Correct. I'm you're, 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 you had to be a freshman. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah probably... So you know, neither of us were drinkers, um, and I guess I learned to drink pretty quickly in college. And I came back and said, "It's time for you to have your first beer." Yes. And we went to Roosevelt and, High School and, and had my first beer. It was. You do you know, remember, did you remember getting a buzz off it or anything? No, I remember um, being a slow drinker. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be maybe not maybe not as slow as uh, neither as Dave Gerard, but no, there's nothing yeah, worse than Dave but, Gerard. Um, so, so I gave you a first beer. Bit my first beer. It had no impact in your life. No, I mean, I guess it was an introductory. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't love I, it. I, as long as the story wasn't, I didn't give you your first heroin syringe. So <laughs> I'm okay with that. I can't wait. Not just kidding. Yeah. So, uh, so then eventually you go to college, and you go to Oneonta. Correct. And uh, got any good stories from Oneonta? <sighs> I mean, that you could tell. <laughs> well, I mean, in there, public, there's many stories. Me drinking too much. Having the bus driver pull over and passing out on the lawn. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, we now there's passing that was, out stories that, some that I'm fun. not proud of. There was a lot of. Remember, one day Lewis and Noah may be hearing this. A lot, lot of so fun times. Think yeah. about which stories you choose to tell. Yeah, learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Um, started a fraternity just like Brian did. Same fraternity, actually. So let me ask you that. So, yes, you were the founding president, as I was, of Tau Epsilon Phi. I was not the president founding. Okay. I, was, I became president the year after. You were the founding, a founding, I was founding father. social chair, actually. Okay, and you were like Lon, and then you became very president. Much like Lon, then you became did, president. Did was it a total coincidence that um, your yes. attorney? They're... Yes, this guy Paul Renner actually uh, was starting it, mm-hmm. and I told him that my brother was in tap in Binghamton, okay. and basically he was like, "All right, let's collaborate." Oh so, oh, so it wasn't a coincidence. He because I was in tap, and you mentioned that they well, looked, he, he, he was, looked at tap. He was no, he was starting tap. He and was I, starting tap. Yes, oh, and I and I said, well, my brother's in tap. I probably oh, can help out a lot it's with just a, certain just information. Crazy coincidence. Yeah, like, it there's was a, a big million fraternities. It could have been any other fraternity. So Correct. you became the president of tap as well. Correct. Now you had a story that you briefly told me. I I wasn't there for, but I graduate um, from Binghamton right as you're founding this, and then you get initiated. Yeah, we actually founding. had our initiation through your. We actually. Yep. Went to your school. Yeah, so as founding fathers, you can't initiate yourself. So the national fraternity says, go to another school. And you went to Binghamton. We went to Binghamton. Right after I had left. And got initiated. And I can't divulge certain things, but somehow we <laughs> I wound up with a few other friends uh, with my, my fraternity in Tim's room. Uh, and <laughs> During Tim, the, initi- the initiation yeah, ceremony. And Tim was there. That's so funny. Um, so And I knew Tim. I knew a lot of your brothers, of actually. Because uh, I visited. visited. Yeah. yeah. And it was the time where you had the really cool house with the neon. Yeah, yeah. It was a great house. Yeah. And, uh, so my, my fraternity chapter initiated yours. Correct. That's funny. Yeah. I, I, why, I should have come up for that. I mean, that, I just you can't believe like in That would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what else you got there? Uh, Adam, Adam like some of my guests, has prepared a fairly lengthy list. I admire the guys who do some preparation. 
Like some people come here and just, you know, let's talk about anything. But you got you got some cool stuff on your list, I think. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, school, you came up, actually, mm-hmm. I think, maybe with Tim. What do you mean, during this initiation? During this, no, d- you came to my, you visited me in Oneonta. Oh, yeah, of course. And we had a great time. We were in the uh, aquarium, and we were all on the dance floor, and we were doing wait, the wait. Millie Vanilli chest bump. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> yeah. So take a step back, because you're literally treading new ground in my you know, Alzheimer's brain. So Tim and I visit you in Oneonta. And maybe even another brother, I'm and not sure. And you take us, what's the aquarium? Is that a bar? Yeah, bar, bar club, you know, okay. whatever. And... What what goes on? We had a lot of we were drinking a good amount. Okay, and we, and we were we basically ruled the dance floor. We get on the dance we floor. Got, the dance floors and only on the bars. Yeah, in the in the bar, it was a club basically, okay. and, and we're basically having a great time. And then it was the time when Millie Vanilli was basically you know the kings, and they did the They're whole chest the king, bump. They're still the kings now. Uh, I love them, so even though they didn't do anything. And, so we're imitating Millie Vanilli oh, on great. the dance floor. Yeah, in your it was just we had, well, we had a great time. Well, you know your school Oneonta, you know Binghamton. Binghamton had the reputation of being, like, the smartest SUNY. Um, and, you know, with that reputation comes a little less fun. Oneonta had a reputation of being more of a party school, and it was famous, actually, for being for Halloween. Correct. I mean, nationwide famous as having the best Halloween town and and, co- and college anywhere. So I, I think I came to Halloween at your school. Maybe it was before you got there, but it your was. school was fun. Your school had a lot, a, a lot of Oh, I think it's... The most bars per square per foot capita, capita or yeah. something was is that yeah. yeah at the time it was yeah it was you had a fun school now Scott Millman went to Oneonta mm-hmm. and he pledged my fraternity and he depledged why you you, you he didn't like some like of the abuse yeah, yeah exactly and you couldn't have smoothed it over for I him? tried I tried um, Jay, and he was he was far into it too which really and Jay Bias my friend Jay Bias in my fraternity that's pledged. how I knew him that's how you met him well no I met him my first year. Pledging. Oh. No, I met him my first year of and college. Then he and then he pledged my fraternity. And he was actually a founding father, kind of like Tim. Kind of I like couldn't talk him into staying, that, but, he, he, but he, he later on pledged. Defaulted in. Yeah. And, um, of course, Jay's current son. That's Let me re- rephrase that. Jay's son always is currently at Oneonta. Um, so, yeah, Oneonta's great. I, Did I, you ever have the pizza at the know, Black Oak? No. The cold cheese pizza? Is that, well, no is to answer your question, but when she said cold cheese a moment ago, I since I think you told me about that. So from time to time, when I get a regular slice of pizza, I will ask them to put cold cheese on it. At the which end. is what it was. Just throw some mozzarella that's cold on top. It is fantastic. And every, when I ask that at pizzerias, I think they know that it was an Oneonta kind of invention. Well, and they used to put much more. These the people here are pretty chancy, but I'm like. Pile it on. They would, I mean, you were eating. It was crazy, the, the amount of cold cheese that it was, was on a, there. And it was a great thing. It was like the cold and the hot. Oh. You know, it was perfect. And by the way, I still love it from, to this Me too. day. I still Me do too. it from time to time. Me too. Yeah. So uh, so what else you got? I mean, school-wise, didn't do as well as I should have. I didn't apply myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the story yeah, of our lives. Yeah. I mean, a lot, lot of good times. Actually, I went out for the baseball team. By the way, do you want to, don't say this on, online because yeah. your, your kids oh. will hear it. It's all, it's all good. Well, you got to yell at them to work hard. And yeah. if they hear that you didn't apply yourself, they it, might think that's okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's all right. right. So I actually tried out for Oneonta's baseball team. Did I you? I don't know if you – I told you. I don't. Is, um, so this, is it as a terrible story as Tim's? No. No, but I also <laughs> was losing my eyesight and actually oh, no. probably 14 or 15. No, I couldn't hit the machine. Yeah. I could hit the pitcher. But not the machine. So you, I couldn't. I couldn't during, even bunt the machine. So what you're saying is, during the tryout, someone pitched you, 
balls, but someone also the the, the machine. The pitching machine pitched to you, and I couldn't pick well, it, it was up. Probably off faster, of it. I presume, right? I just couldn't pick it up off of it. Had you gone to a batting cage before you tried out? Um, not sure to be honest. That uh, that's a no. But I but I had several days of tryouts. It wasn't just no. One but day. I understand. But like, it sounds like I just. <laughs> I mean, I really attacked Tim for it. But I didn't even think about it. I mean, if you could, if someone tried, would have said, "Can I go to? You want to go to tryout for team? Are you going to go to the cage, a batting cage? Obviously, but uh, yeah. you would have. You would. By the way, just so you understand my perspective, Jake Jacob had a birthday party when he was like eight. It was at one of these baseball places where, you know, they play baseball, but they have cages. While he's playing with his friends, I get in the cage where it's like 85 miles per hour. So it's, you know, yeah, almost fast. big league. And for the first 10 pitches, I missed them all by a mile. There was no way I was going to. It was right. the fast thing I ever saw. But I just stayed in there, and it didn't take long to Dude. just get the timing back. It's correct. It's and timing. So I'm like, you just, and then, I, then they, I, they couldn't throw a ball by me. So I just, to me, it just seemed self-evident. Right. That if you're going to try out for a college baseball team, you would well, do that. The, I'm the, sorry. The, I'm, I'm, I'm on my high The negative was I was a second baseman. Yeah. And I played outfield, center field as well. Yeah. But one of the guys who was – he was like the, the, the junior college batting champion. He played second base. Was at second base. Uh, by the way, I didn't know the story. But, yeah. you know, I didn't mention this during my Tim story. But the same thing happened to me. I was a first baseman, as you know. I heard you say my that. My yeah. whole career. And the, I knew that the captain of the Binghamton baseball team was a first baseman. So I'm like, that's not going to work. So that summer is when I went out with you a lot. We went to Roosevelt. Yeah, I caught you. High school. And I taught myself how to pitch. Yeah, you pitched, and, you pitched well. Yeah, and I joined the team on that basis. But, you know, yeah, you can't, you're not going to take the, the team captain out. <laughs> you haven't played ball in a few years. But. So yeah. um, let's go in a different direction for a second. We talked about Goodman's, which was the bungalow colony we went to in the summer. So more stuff about Goodman's, Yeah, too. well, well, we, we'll get get, we should talk about it. But... Oh, let's go with your Goodman stories first. Well, just, I, I met my wife. Well, that's, that's where I was going. All right. So we're in a bungalow. I'll, I'll set it up for you. We're in a bungalow colony from age, you know, one or two to, uh, you know, 13. early teens. Yeah, 14, 13. And right next door for some of our years there was um, another family with a um, a son, Danny. Age, a who year was, older. Who was a year older than me. And, uh, and a, a sister, Bonnie. A year younger than me. Who was a year younger than you. And we were friends for years as toddlers, and we knew them for many years, and our parents became best friends and remained that way. And um, the toddler girl is actually married to you now, right? That's correct. So what's up with that? So basically, I'd say my late 20s. Yeah, it's got to be 20. It's my 19th anniversary this week, so 23 years ago. Uh, 24, 23, 24 years ago, mom said, suggested to Eric and I, uh, why don't you go out with Bonnie and, and some of her friends? And I'm like, okay, whatever. So we was had, she, was she trying to set you up? Maybe. Was that like in the back uh, of her mind? Okay. Maybe one of us. Okay. I don't know. It was, it just wasn't like me. It was, okay. why don't you and Eric go out with Bonnie and her friends? Okay. Just, I guess to do something. Okay. Have fun. And I remember the first time we had plans, I actually got sick. And Eric didn't want to go alone. Okay. So we canceled. And then the funny news is the next time Eric got sick and I said, there's oh. no way we can stand them up, you know, yeah. twice now. Yeah. So you went anyway. So I went anyway and Bonnie. With two, with two girls? Yeah. Bonnie and Karen, her friend Karen at okay. the time. 
were there and which the three of you <laughs> we, i met her in, in the city in a bar we and she, they're like I, I don't even know if i even told him until i got there that eric was sick i whatever and they i might him. not notice he wasn't even there that's funny <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so, we, we we had a good time and i hit it off with bonnie and you know gave her my number and so what ended up happening eventually we got married <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and, so you married bonnie yeah and sometimes when we have when, sometimes when we have um, holiday dinners, um, not only is Bonnie there, obviously, but Danny's there. Who's Dan's my there. Friend and friend for, I, yeah. for years and years and years. Dan caught your nose. Dan, no, you caught uh, Dan's I, nose. You caught Dan's nose. Tell that story. So, and I was there. They didn't even realize I was there. So we go to the lake at Goodman's. Yep. So we're, and we're, how old are we now? I had to be seven. You might be nine. Wait, you think it was, no, no, we were older. I, I, Eight, I, nine. They weren't no. there that long. They were not there I'm that long. I'm saying I'm 11 or 12. I don't think our parents no, are letting I, us take fish, fishing rods to the lake. I don't know about that. All right, so go ahead. Maybe sir. you're 10. Okay. Or 11. I'm, I'm 8. Okay. All right, so that's about right. Fair enough. And we go to the, to the, the lake, and you and Dan are fishing. fishing. Yeah, you and Dan are fishing. I'm a big frog catcher. So you like going frogging? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, if you can call it that, there's a ton of frogs there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting there waiting in the, in the lake with, you know, I'm, I'm on the side. Okay. And I, I had very quick hands um, back then. Still probably do. Um, and I'm catching bullfrogs. And um, I'm off to the side. And I actually had a net, I remember this time, because I was looking at the sunnies. And I, I might have caught a couple of sunnies, which are easy fish, like almost like goldfish. Okay. But not really. And, and I remember your all of a sudden say with the hook go or something like that you know I'm, and then I just see you guys take off I'm like start running and I'm like and, and now I'm at the lake alone yes and I'm two years younger than Brian I'm a, I might be seven or eight and I'm like what just happened so and then I find out yeah so so what happened is so we're going fishing and I remember this like it was yesterday um, it was my turn to cast and I told Danny, stand back further, because he was kind of close to me. So I, I was conscious of that. But apparently when I, on the backswing of the cast, the the hook of the, the fish hook, when I, when I was casting, went into his nose. And I cast into the lake, and he starts screaming. I don't know what's going on. And I reel in, in, in you know, whatever I have. And I see the hook is half broken off. And at that moment, we realized... It hooked in his inside his nose. Inside his nose. Inside his nose. So he's bleeding or something, I presume. And we start running, screaming. They take him to We're the scared. hospital. Scared. And and they took him to the hospital, and um and they determined that the hook was in his nose, and they basically extracted uh, the hook. Most and, of it. Yeah. Well, that's the funny story. So what happened after they get the hook out? He's going to be okay. They couldn't get all of it out for some reason, and. About literally 15, 20 years later, <laughs> he starts having a blue dot on his nose. On the exterior of his nose. On like the exterior. Like showing up. And it's starting to co- finally force itself out. The hook is the, yeah, <laughs> it's coming out of his nose. Out of the front of his nose. Exactly. And it, I think it came out. It, it came out. I guess he went and had, so once that started happening, he had a procedure and, and they got the, I, the last part. I used to joke that. And he may have saved it. Yeah, I used to joke with him that... You know, I assume, you know, the metal detectors at airports are going off for the rest of your life, which I assume is not true. But, um, yeah, I, I, I hooked a big one. Yeah, a huge one. I caught a, I caught a person this big. Yeah, you caught a Dan. <laughs> I caught a Dan. So, in Goodman's also, um, 
at the lake. Well, we wound up being in it. Brian told a story earlier about um, the quicksand with Eric. Yeah. So, well, so this is when we were going to the woods, correct? Going on these adventures. Yeah, we were we were big salamander hunters too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we caught ridiculous. We actually sold them. Um, Did we sell salamanders? Yeah, out of a bucket. Well, just and, I don't and, know if anyone even knows, but just the salamanders that were up in the Catskills, they were these little orange lizards. They were kind of cute. They were. We had our our special spots, and we we would we would literally catch hundreds of them. Yeah. You. So the key was. Well, I remember for many years it was always kind of a rarity, right? You'd wait for it to rain. Correct. You go into the woods, and and then you kind of turn over certain. You got good at knowing where they would be. Turn over a rock. No, no rocks. Yeah. They were out. Yeah. The red racers would be under rocks. Okay. Yeah. So we would get good at finding them, um, but they was they were a rarity for many years, until we got so good at it that we started catching them. They, they, it, it took the fun away, didn't it? We it was, it was hundreds? hundreds. It was hundreds. We had this. We had this big kind of like. Yeah. Do you remember what I'm talking? Yeah. Big tub. A, a big tub. It wasn't yeah. a tub. It was a, almost like a ke- an empty keg, if you could imagine. It was huge. Yeah. And it was, we created it was, an environment. Correct. For hundreds. And of, and I remember a couple of times where left it in the sun and you come back to <laughs> yeah uh, salamanders not, in the sun didn't work they yeah, just bake yeah it was it by was the way bad. not only did we catch those we caught. We would snakes. catch snakes. Snakes were always exciting because they yeah. were rare. But we would we wouldn't, a few we had, big ones too. We weren't scared of them at all. They would. No. What they would were... happen when you finally found a snake? And you grabbed it and you and they start swinging around like wildly. Do you remember what would happen normally? Drop it. It would usually poop like oh, crazy. Yeah, no, that, that that's yeah. That's <laughs> so we for would sure. grab these snakes. We 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 um, found turtles. And then the the big cesspool. I mean, I would find frogs that were. Wait, wait. You would go in a cesspool? Well, it was it was a pool. And it became, a, they call it a, a cesspool, literally, because it became a frog environment that was never cleaned. Okay. It was on the other side. And you would go in there. And I don't remember going to cesspool. And I had a net. <laughs> and it was a cross where they did the bonfires. And, okay. and it's where I also yeah, yeah. caught the snakes. Of course. And um, I would catch frogs that were literally almost the size of my head. Well, yeah. These are li- literally bullfrogs. That's yeah. What they were they were huge. And, you know, bigger than your fist. Yeah. Oh, much bigger. I yeah. Mean, I, it, two hands. Yeah. I mean... They were bigger than we didn't get. We just love catching stuff. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it, was it was great. We caught a lot of so, good stuff. So Brian caught a Dan. I caught a Dan. That's, that was the biggest thing biggest, yeah. anyone's caught. But uh, I threw it back in. <laughs> so um, for the last fifteen years, twenty years, have twenty one. For the last twenty one years, you have worked at a company called the Wine Enthusiast. For anyone who knows wine, they would know that company. They put out a magazine. They sell wine cellars. It's a pretty, pretty, very well known name in the wine world it's probably and, the biggest company in the u.s yeah yeah and for wine and for wine. and you um you sell wine, wine sellers yeah yep and um so basically you know it's just what people would think a wine cell but let me explain a little more before i turn it over to you a wine cellar um could be just those refrigerators that people have in built into their kitchens or elsewhere or it could be the actual racking that you might go to a restaurant or a rich person's home and in their basement, they would have wood racks. And in the ca- in the latter case, with the wood racks, you would design them. Basically, that would be your Correct. job and design and sell them. And as a result of that position, you've met some interesting people. Because if you think about it, sure. who's going to be buying wine cellars? People of means and sometimes people who are notable. So uh, who have you met through your wine enthusiast sales? Well, a, a physically meeting, um, I actually went to Regis Philbin's home and actually took measurements, uh, designed, and and basically did his wine cellar. And 
as I get into his home, Regis Philbin. Where was his home? Uh, it was in Greenwich. He's, he sold that home since. Okay, but uh, he lived in Greenwich at the time. He lived in Greenwich and uh, be- beautiful, big home, tennis courts, all this other stuff, which you would think. And he knows nothing about wine. Nothing. He it was just. So why was he getting wine cellar? To, to sell the home. Another room in the house to have. It was purely to, to market the home? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And um, I get in the house and he takes my jacket. It's hysterical. He took your jacket. Yeah. Like, he was, let me get your jacket. He was just a regular yeah, guy. Yeah. You know, he's from the Bronx, I guess. And you know. I actually, coincidentally, shortly before this meeting, I actually found a Regis Philbin book. Okay. And I brought it with me. Okay. So you, you coincidentally found the book, but once you had the book, Correct. you know. I, so I you brought, brought it with me and he signed it for dad. Something right. about, uh, I told him that he was a letter carrier in the Bronx. And Richard Philbin and grew up in the Bronx. He said something about the Bronx in, in the book. And I still have the book right now. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You should have gave it to Dad. I, I might have. I don't know. It's somewhere. <laughs> okay. I don't remember, to be honest. So who else have you met? Um, oh, no. Forget Matt. Who else have you dealt with in your wine world? Okay. So uh, Harvey Keitel, the actor. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Eli Manning. Eli Manning, I knew. Tell the Eli Manning story. So... Eli Manning um, actually called on his own, not his people. He just calls randomly. Calls here. randomly. And I get Eli Manning on the phone. And this is, you know, he's... he's and a, he's, he's a, looking at uh, a, a nice wine cellar, but something that wasn't going to hold enough bottles. And I told him, basically, you need something... That what you're looking at is good, but you need something bigger because yeah. your collection's going to grow. Yeah. It just... It, that's You upsold. I upsold him, basically. <laughs> okay. And... Um, Basically, uh, it was a good conversation. Told him I was a huge Giant fan, etc. He was a nice guy, right? Very nice guy. Yeah. And uh, I will be calling him soon again. Why? Just to see if he needs anything for his maintenance, things like that. Could you ask if he would like the triple date? Triple date. Well, I mean, I I assume you'd want to go, but I certainly want to go. Oh, I was going to say you, him him and his wife. (laughs) (laughs) You and Bonnie and me and Elise. Or just me, you and Eli. That's hysterical. I mean, he's, he's you know he's he's going to be out soon. So we, so uh, you know we're um, we're at fifteen plus minutes, and I I don't want to miss too much good stuff. I I find the biggest problem of the podcast is the stories we leave out. There's tons of them. Yeah, there's tons of them, and um, there's tons that we forget anyway. Is there real? Is there a story on that list you got there? I mean, that, that story is just. I, I always I always envy that the way you prepare and can make. The trips that we take so great. Oh, you mean our, you mean our vacations? Yeah, and I, that, that, it's whether it's with friends <laughs> or with family, they're all all right. I, you know what? I I do nothing. It's the best. So so, listen. I'll let you elaborate on that, even though it's it's asking you to to tell good stories about me. But because I just do it, because I just like to maximize my vacations. But what are you even talking about? Like it just you're just saying I plan a good trip every time. What about it though? Everything: the location, the food, etc. The Whatever we're doing, the itineraries, it goes back to Woodlock. The itinerary is fantastic. The kid, my kids love it. They, they're like, I can't believe it's over. And they're like, when are we going again? I'm like, you know when we're going. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like, I, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but my itineraries. But I, I guess I am well known for planning out the moment by moment the trips. And everyone assumes. So basically what I do is I plan out if we're going to Woodlock, which we do with the kids. Um, I will plan out hour by hour everything we're going to do, and I put it in writing, and I hand it out to everybody on the trip. And most people seem to enjoy it because most people like you who just want to just have things told what to do, which is I, I really learned a lot about human nature through that because, you know, if people are 
comfortable in, in knowing that they're in good hands, they much prefer to just, you know, follow along. Um, the funny thing is people think a lot of people share those itineraries with, my, with their wives and they think, think I'm like a mini Hitler. Like Brian's going to make you go at 10.15 to the jungle gym and at 11.05 you're going to the pool. I show my friends at, at the office. Yeah. My friend John. He's like, this is the best. The best. I'm like, I agree. Yeah. He loves it. But, but, the, but the thing I have to point out is that I like having an itinerary on any trip. I can go to Europe. I can go to Asia. And I like to know what I'm going to do every minute in the sense that I have something. I can go on autopilot when I'm on the trip. But I'm not rigid at all. Like, if anybody wants to do something else, you know, we throw out the itinerary. It just, I, I remember early on when I started traveling, that the problem was that often I'd be on a trip, it'd be three in the afternoon, I'd be in Paris, and be like, I'd be looking at a lease and being like, what are we going to do now? And yeah, I just didn't think it was a good use of time when you're in Paris to be spending an hour trying to figure out what to do. So I said, you know, I should have a fully planned trip and be totally flexible if anything comes up during the trip. But, uh, you know, I just don't want to be wasting my time planning when I'm actually there. So that was the story behind the itinerary. So, uh... Adam, what what are the big things we missed? We uh, we're gonna close this out soon. So if you got any big thing, nothing big, but um, I guess as far as let's see, I don't want to put you on the spot. I'll, I I I can tell you. Some we had the same uh, science teacher when we were younger, Mister Foster. Mister Foster, describe Mister Foster for Mr. Foster. In thirty seconds. Um, to me personally, intimidating, right? Very nice man, but wanted you to okay do your work. Take, just take a step back, Mister Foster. Science um, teacher was our was our science teacher in seventh or eighth grade at our junior high school, which was where we, we were minorities. He he was black, probably still American. Yeah, if he still is, if he's alive, um, he wore like it was a lab very coat. He lab wore coat. a lab coat, yeah, which is very unusual. And he was a very serious, stern man, was he not? Absolutely, very serious. So, what do you remember about him? I mean, he he made an impression on anybody in the class. Great teacher, the best, um, especially for. People like me and I guess Brian because we paid attention and he singled me out once and he goes, look at Adam. He Anything, when I'm talking, he's writing. He's writing what I'm saying. He's like, yeah, he was just like his brother Brian. And I'm like, <laughs> so I had, you know, everyone knows Brian was a good uh, student. So I had very tough uh, shoes to follow. You had to be in the same, yeah, but same teacher. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a big compliment for both myself, obviously, and, and for for, for he, 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 didn't get, he didn't give him out no, too often. No, very rare. By the way, I have to tell the story. This is the funny story with Mr. Forrester. And he, he was my eighth grade science teacher. You know, it's so funny. It just show, it, It's a microcosm of who I am. So I'm in a science class. He gave. He, we had a textbook, but he also gave out a smaller, like, I wouldn't call it a pamphlet. But it was a smaller book that kind of summarized almost his whole class. And early on in the class, I realized that Almost everything he was teaching was in this smaller, condensed version of the textbook. And so I would barely do anything. I would never read the textbook. But as I would sit in class, I would have the the um, condensed version in my lap. And I remember at the end of my year with him, as we're approaching finals, um, I had this book in my lap. And my friend Eddie was sitting next to me. And he would see I would always have it. And he'd ask some question. And I always had the answer, but the answers were in this book. <laughs> it, they were all in the book. It wasn't like I had to be smart. And so at some point, he ra- he asked a question. I raised my hand, and I gave like some very intelligent, cogent answer to some genetic question. 
um, that I pulled directly from the book that's sitting in my lap. And Mr. Foster stops the class and says, and he, he always calls Mr. Denevsky, or he didn't call us by first, Mr. Denevsky, you are excused from the final exam. I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> and the class hated me. Hated me. I, I didn't have to take the final. And I, I came, so this is the funniest thing. I come in for the final because I had to still come to class. And I sit there, and Mr. Forster hands out the test to everybody who studied for whatever they've studied for, as long as they have. And he hands one to me. He starts to hand one to me and says, Mr. Nevsky, would you, would you like to just take it for your own edification? And I said, no, I'm good. <laughs> I didn't take the test. And I sat there no, I'm good. all my I classmates and I took it. the test. And, um, you know, uh, that, he, he was a great guy. He was a great Fantastic. teacher. Like, it just made you realize that some teachers were great and others were less great. So, listen, we're, we're coming to the end here. I just want you to just do a shout-out. You have two children, Lewis and Noah. They're twin boys. Correct. Great athletes, Very funny good. guys. Yeah. Fantastic athletes, actually. Um, say something that interesting about them that they might enjoy hearing if they ever listen to this 10 years from now. Yeah, so I'd say they're, they're very different, not only in looks. Uh, Noah is his mother in looks, basically. They have a little bit of me, and Lewis is me. Um, Lewis is a person, when you meet him, he, he brightens up the room. He's, he's more A personality, I guess you'd say. Noah's much more subdued and very quirky and, and, and funny. and um, Very good at Fortnite. Oh, extremely good at Fortnite, uh, <laughs> taking up our video games. I, lo- I love watching him play because I'm the worst. Oh, he's great. I've, I've played two times and I can't walk, so I'm done. I'm like, yeah. I-, I guess if I practice, I'd be okay. But but both phenomenal athletes. Very, yeah. I, I think mean, they have the, like, you know, on a league higher than us. Um, I would always, now I think they are. I think when I was a little bit, when I was, they were a little younger, I would tell them, I don't know if you're as good as... We were, but you're close. I don't know. But, um, yeah, they're both really good. They could play Noah, basketball. No, we never oh, played basketball. They're, they're much better basketball players than yeah. we were. I mean, Noah actually beats me now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Lewis, too. I, I mean, mean, they he, both beat me. No, no, uh, they're amazing. Noah, I see them Noah dribbling. Can, Noah can shoot from anywhere. He's like Curry. I mean, he hits shots that I'm, like, dumbfounded by. And, and, and Lewis is just an all-around great player. So, so do you like them? They're great kids, yeah. They're, On a one to ten, how good are they? At what? In how much you like? How much you like them? I say ten plus. Yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> there's not much I don't like about them, other than look, can they do more stuff in the home? Study a little harder. Help me out. Mom. Help me out when I'm shoveling. That's, you know, no, they're they're a little lazy. Well, you know, that type. I guess typical thirteen year old boys, and I guess yeah. it's partly my fault. That's all right. Um, a couple things, and I guess wrapping because we're wrapping up. Oh, he's gonna wrap it up. Orphans Championship, I remember. Oh, okay, wait, no, no. The Orphans were our football team. Correct. That we uh, played. Alfie in. was on the team. Uh, Jay was on the team. Um, and we're in the championship Tim. game. Yeah. A uh, bunch of white boys uh, playing football. and uh, Against a Latin team. Yeah, and. La Familia. Very close game. And I did not have my best game. Uh, I actually started getting better after the next year or two. I was getting older or whatever. <laughs> Oh, I, as I got older and learned the game a little bit more, I guess, or get just got into my cups, you'd say. Uh, but one play, they actually caught a touchdown. Um, but I, I was on the sideline for this play, it was, uh, and the guy's foot 
was on the actual yeah. string that was the line. And I po- I pointed it to Jimmy, who was Kinda the ref. as it was happening. And, and as he caught it, and then Jimmy called it a touchdown. And I said, his foot's on the line. And Jimmy looks down, sees his foot on. Jimmy's the referee, yeah. And he wait, calls it off. And we only won by six points. Six, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, so it, was mean, a big de- it was a big deal. So you won it all for us. We well, should have been the MVP by calling it from the sideline. Well, and what's great about the whole thing is the, one of the kids on their team was kind of like I was when I was kids, younger. Kids, we were 28 years well, old. Well, when I was younger, <laughs> one of the guys on the other team was a pretty big sore loser, and Brian <laughs> would get under someone's skin pretty easily, <laughs> and somehow it had, and it almost became a huge fight. Well, we, we just won the game, and this guy wanted to fight me. The the, the funny thing is, this, is a, this story's not going anywhere. Jake gets very upset when I talk about these fights, but no punches get thrown. <laughs> no punches get thrown in this fight. Correct. But the truth is, he was trying to charge me. Correct. And um, someone got in between. Them. We have a video of this. We haven't seen it in years because it's kind of lost. But the video of the end of the game and the guy's coming after me and I'm going towards him because I'm trying not to be a chicken. My wife's there even. And there's a, you could see Jay and he's kind of bouncing away from the scene, running away in a sense. <laughs> and it's on video. So, I mean, he could deny it all he wants. But Jay, with all those muscles, was running away. And I was going towards the fight. And I, I just went that on the record <laughs> Noah's good at foosball is he Bri- yeah Brian I Brian's can, a very big well, foosball player well, I'll just take one to my wing yeah and that and Lewis is a amazing first baseman which Brian was a well Lewis um, Lewis can scoop I love that he can scoop. yeah I want you to help him a little bit more with the scooping listen just like the looking into the glove I got not the head up I got all the time in the world I'm doing a podcast in my basement I obviously have time um, so. I think that's about it other so, than other than I got to get back into darts all right <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. The old school way. No, you don't. So what do you think of the experience? I always like to ask people that. Um, everyone says how quick it went. To me, it didn't go that quick. It's, it's, it was just normal. <laughs> it was, I mean, it, it felt for, like forever. No, not forever, no, no, but no, just okay. like it's not like, you know, how like, yes. it, it felt like we got a lot in is what I'm getting at. No. And like Brian said, we probably missed a million other things. Yeah, so well, just, that... It was a, a, a lot of fun. And I'm glad it's that Brian's doing this because it, it saves memories. I mean, it, and everyone gets to learn about the other people uh, in Brian's life and are in our lives now as well. Well, well yeah, it's, it's really not about me. Even. I mean, I just love hearing the stories. Like you tell stories I just have forgotten. And like Jay tells stories and Tim and, oh, and sure. Greg. like they're, And I remember a lot of the stories yeah. through you people. It's so funny. Well, everybody, everyone always comes up to me and says, you know, I loved hearing X person's podcast because I didn't know any of these stories. Yeah. I'm like, neither did I. So, oh. all right. So, uh, Adam, we're going to close now. We're, we're, well, you're our longest podcast, and I love it. Go Mets. What's your last word? Was it that? Was that it? <laughs> Come on, you got the last word. Ready, player one. Ready, player one. I'll take that. Peace out.